2: A weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Canadian Prime Minister is taking a major step with the truckers' protest and family ashes are stolen in a New Jersey carjacking. Here's your National News Recap for the week of February 13th. There's a settlement in a sexual abuse lawsuit against Britain's Prince Andrew. That's according to a filing in New York City in the case involving Virginia Giuffre. Terms of the deal are being kept under wraps. The Duke of York is accused of sexually abusing a 17-year-old girl supplied to him by financer Jeffrey Epstein and has agreed to settle by making a substantial donation to his accuser's charity and declaring he never meant to malign her character. The deal avoids a trial that would have brought further embarrassment to the monarchy. Besides the undisclosed donation to Virginia Giuffre's charity, it says Andrew acknowledges she has suffered as an abuse victim did not specify whether Jufri would personally receive money as part of the settlement. A New York City firefighter has passed away. The FDNY says the unnamed firefighter went into medical distress in his firehouse in Far Rockway Wednesday afternoon. He died Wednesday night at St. John's Episcopal Hospital. His fellow firefighters say he had battled back flames in a home on Beach Channel Drive on Tuesday afternoon. A woman was stabbed to death inside her lower Manhattan apartment by a man who followed her from the street into her building. Christina Yuna Lee, 35, was found fatally wounded in her bathtub at about 4.30 a.m. Sunday. The suspected killer was taken into custody after he first tried to flee down a fire escape and then barricaded himself inside the apartment. Police announced Monday that Assamad Nash, 25, was arrested on charges of murder and burglary. It wasn't clear if he had an attorney who would comment on the charges. A Washington man who tried to hide from Moses Lake police in a washing machine has been sentenced for unlawful possession of a firearm and having a homemade bomb. Timothy Riggins was given nearly six years in prison. In 2019, Riggins allegedly assaulted a woman, threatened her with a bomb, and stole her vehicle. Police found the vehicle and tracked Riggins to a nearby home. He was found hiding in an upright washing machine. The bomb was a commercial-grade firework and had 20 nails taped to it. Lawmakers are assessing improvements in the Capitol Police Department after last year's attack on the Capitol. California Democrat Zoe Lofgren opened a House hearing and said there were systematic deficiencies throughout the department. Illinois Republican Rodney Davis cited vast intelligence failures before the Capitol attack. He said those failures led to a collapse of Capitol security on January 6, 2021, and argued the Capitol is no more secure now than it was then. Lofgren and Davis also praised the courage and valor of the officers. President Biden is promoting the trillion-dollar infrastructure bill he signed late last year. Speaking in the Cleveland area, Biden said $1 billion will be invested into the restoration of the Great Lakes. He called the massive bodies of water national treasures. Biden said the bipartisan infrastructure bill is creating good new jobs while strengthening supply chains, which have taken a big hit during the COVID pandemic. Biden touted development of a new semiconductor manufacturing facility in Ohio. He said that'll address the ongoing shortage of computer chips. He also cheered movements toward electric vehicles among U.S. automakers. Biden cut his speech short, saying it had to do with weather and a little thing going on in Europe right now, referencing the growing crisis involving Ukraine and Russia. In earlier remarks, Biden said he thinks Russia will probably invade Ukraine in the coming days. A Florida Broward Sheriff's Office Sergeant is cleared of a battery charge connected with a 2019 rough arrest during which he pepper sprayed a 15-year-old DeLuca roll. The appellate court judge is upholding a lower court ruling that the charge against Sergeant Gregory Lasera be dismissed on a stand-your-ground defense. Lasera still faces a lesser charge of falsifying documents in the case. A famed World War II veteran from Salt Lake City has passed away at the age of 101. Colonel Gail Seymour Halverson was best known as the Berlin Candy Bomber, dropping candy for children as he flew his plane over the German city. Governor Spencer Cox sent out a tweet calling Halverson his friend. He added his service was a beautiful reminder that kindness and goodness can win, even in the most trying times. A judge ruled former President Trump and his two children, Don Jr. and Ivanka, must sit for a deposition from the New York Attorney General's office. Attorney General Lieta James issued the subpoenas last December, saying the Trump organization had misled banks and insurance companies in pursuit of loans and favorable interest rates. James is pursuing bank fraud charges as the Trumps accuse her of orchestrating a witch hunt in a bid to further her political career. James said the family was trying to avoid explaining under oath why so many of their golf courses and buildings have wildly different values. The city of Austin, Texas, is going to pay $10 million to settle a pair of police brutality lawsuits. The city council approved the payouts to Justin Howell and Anthony Evans. The pair suffered head injuries when struck by beanbag rounds fired by police during the 2020 George Floyd protests. Then-Police Chief Brian Manley said Howell never should have been shot because an officer was aiming at a different protester. Evans's lawsuit said he was leaving a protest and not a threat when he was shot. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News.
4: I'm Victoria Baker with your International News. BTS fans will have permission to dance in the movie theaters next month. The big-time K-pop band will broadcast their concert in South Korea on March 12th to movie theaters around the world. BTS' permission to dance on stage in Seoul live viewing will be three hours long and featuring the group's biggest hits such as Dynamite and Butter. Tickets for showing in theaters in the U.S. go on sale February 22nd. The performance is one of three BTS have scheduled in Seoul. It marks the group's first concert in Seoul, Korea since 2019 and their first ever live global concert broadcasted from the country. The U.S. is accusing Russia of adding about 7,000 more troops along the Ukrainian border in recent days, Brian Shook reports.
5: CNN cites a senior U.S. administration official who added the increase proves Russia's pullback claims to be false. The new estimates put the number of Russian troops readying at the border at more than 150,000. Russia has publicly said they are willing to talk about de-escalation, but the U.S. officials said that privately the country is preparing for war. I'm Brian Shook.
4: Canadian Prime Minister Justin Truitt is taking a major step in trying to put an end to the trucker protest in Ottawa. Speaking to reporters Monday, Truitt announced he invoked the federal government's Emergency Act, which gives additional power to law enforcement agencies handling the situation. He said the move does not bring in the military in any way. Druid noted that the move is not the first or second choice on how to deal with these types of circumstances. For weeks now, protesters and trucks have occupied a number of streets in the area opposing the coronavirus mandates. A cyber attack against the Ukrainian defense ministry website and banks on Tuesday was the largest in the country's history. That's according to the Ukrainian minister of digital transformation, who also said it was too early to say who was responsible. Officials said the attack was coordinated and well planned. It comes as Russia has gathered an estimated 150,000 troops at its border with Ukraine. Avocado prices could soon skyrocket. More from Brian Shook.
5: That's because the U.S. recently suspended all imports of Mexican avocados. This comes after a U.S. plant safety inspector was threatened. There's no word on how long the pause will last, but analysts say there's a good chance avocado prices will increase as a result. A Rabobank senior fruits and vegetable analyst told CNBC the U.S. gets about 90% of its avocados from Mexico during this time of year. I'm Brian Shook.
4: Scientists say they have discovered a new species of ancient crocodile. The fossilized bones of over 8 foot long reptile were discovered in a 95 million year old rock bed in Queensland, Australia in 2010. In a paper recently published in the journal Gondowa Research, scientists identified remains of the particular digestive dinosaur in its stomach. The Australian Age of Dinosaur Museum said that it could be the first instance of a crocodile hunting a dinosaur in Australia. An associate with the museum who led the research said the crocodile and its last meal will provide valuable insight into the relationships and behavior of that inhabited Australian million years ago. The NATO Secretary General said that there is no sign of de-escalation in the Russia-Ukrainian border. Jens Stoltenberg said... Allies welcome diplomatic efforts, and there are signs from Moscow that diplomacy should continue. But as of now, Russia is still ready to attack. He called attention the most serious security crisis in Europe in decades. Lifeguards are stepping up patrols along the beach of Sydney, Australia, after a swimmer was killed by a shark on Wednesday. It was the first deadly shark attack in the area in decades. Paramedics said that there wasn't much that they could do for the victim, who witnesses say he was attacked by a 14-foot great white shark. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker.
2: And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. Three men have been indicted in connection with the murder of two brothers in 2020. Officials have announced charges against 21-year-old Christopher Brown, 22-year-old Darren Horton, and 27-year-old Jimmy Murphy. The men are accused of murdering brothers Cordell and Cornelius Bruce within days of each other in 2020. The trio face charges of first-degree murder and firearm-related offenses. Brown and Murphy are in custody, but Horton remains at large and is considered a fugitive. A $5,000 reward is being offered for information on Horton's whereabouts. The Archdiocese of Newark, New Jersey, is making masks optional at its Catholic schools next month. A spokesperson for the diocese says the mandate will be lifted at its more than 70 schools on March 7th. the same day Governor Phil Murphy is lifting the statewide mask mandate. Murphy is leaving it up to local districts to decide on whether to wear masks. Meanwhile, the CDC is expected to re-examine masks in the coming weeks and possibly loosen its recommendations. Right now, it recommends people mask up in all indoor public settings in areas labeled as high viral transmission. A triple shooting has left two teens dead and a third wounded in southwest Baltimore. Police found a 15-year-old who had been shot in the leg in the 3500 block of Gelston Drive shortly before 6.30 p.m. recently. Officers applied a tourniquet until medics arrived to take him to a hospital. Two other teens were pronounced dead at the scene and residents say the violence in the area has to stop. Five young people have been killed along Gelston Drive in less than a year. Baltimore's first two murder victims of this year were 16- and 17-year-olds who were shot in the 3600 block of Gelston Drive. Last August, 15-year-old Ginny Whedon was shot and killed in the 3700 block of Gelston Drive. A 16-year-old has been charged with first-degree murder in Whedon's death. Governor Murphy is using federal money to help prevent foreclosures in New Jersey. He says $10 million from the American Rescue Plan will be used to help families facing closures stay in their homes. The money will also help rehab abandoned foreclosed properties so they can be put back on the marketplace. A Baltimore City Councilman says he has a proposal to help battle gun violence around town. Councilman Robert Stokes says his plan will target gun offenders and help make Baltimore streets safe again. Stokes says he's working with Maryland State Delegate Chanel Branch to create a special gun court to expedite cases which he believes could ultimately lead to the removal of criminals using guns from city streets. Stokes's measure would call for expedited cases, better tracking of gun-related crimes, and offenders. A wave of car thefts in New Jersey has taken a heartbreaking turn. An SUV parked outside a Bergen County funeral home was stolen recently with someone's cremated ashes inside. The funeral home worker had darted inside the building for a moment when someone grabbed the 2021 Audi with the ashes and 10 men's suits inside. The SUV was found abandoned in Newark, but the clothes and more importantly, the ashes were gone, denying a grieving family closure. Police are asking anyone with information to get in touch. Somerset County prosecutors are investigating how police handled a fight at the Bridgewater Commons Mall in New Jersey. Video shows a white teen and a black teen getting into an argument and then throwing punches. An officer pulled the white teen away onto a couch, while another officer kneeled on the back of the black teen and handcuffed him. The Bridgewater Police Department released a statement saying it recognizes the video has made members of the community upset and are calling for an internal affairs investigation. The Maryland Public Policy Institute is taking a hard look at crime in Baltimore in an attempt to curb violence. Sean Kennedy of the Institute said after researching seven years of homicides in Baltimore, researchers discovered that oftentimes the killers and their victims share similar backgrounds. Kennedy says over the past seven years, researchers also found that more than 80% of homicide suspects had prior records and that an equal amount of victims had prior criminal records. The research also disclosed that nearly 50% of the suspects had been arrested for violent crimes. The Institute also found that over the past seven years, about a third of all homicides had been solved in Baltimore. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news.
0: I'm Karai Bennett with you, Rowan News. The 2022 Guide to the 10 Best Doctorate Schools in the U.S., as published by the Pre-Med Experts website, has ranked Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine second among America's osteopathic medical schools, trailing only behind Michigan State University's College of Osteopathic Medicine. This isn't the first time Rowan Science of Medicine has been ranked among the nation's top 10 osteo. medical schools. Last year, the student doctor network also played Rowan SOM among its top 10 osteopathic medical schools. In selecting Rowan SOM, the pre-med experts website noted the unique degree program offered by the medical school at Rowan SOM. Medical students are able to enroll in dual degrees, marrying medical degrees with master degrees of business and administration, a doctorate degree in biomedical science, or a law degree. The website also pointed out that Rowan SOM students have an opportunity to be involved in several community-based health outreach programs, complete their pre-clerkship years in an innovative problem-solving learning curriculum, and hone in on their practical skills in the new school state-of-the-art stimulation center. In July of this year, the school campus will enroll its inaugural class of 72 students when combined with the 216th who will be enrolled in the Stratford locations, Rowan S.O.N.'s entering class will be the largest of any medical schools in New Jersey. In addition, Rowan University's cheerleading took third place in its division at the UCA College Nationals last month in Florida. It was the first time the squad brought home a medal in the competition held at the ESPN's wide world of sports complex in the walt disney world resort a roman sport club the squad plays third behind pearl river community college and the college of new jersey in an open all-girl division of nationals the uca college features the top cheerleading squads in the nations in multiple categories once again giving you your roman news i am kariah bennett that does it for the first half of the Roan Report,
3: wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGOS fm Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the Rowan University and professional sports worlds. Since I spoke with you all last week, the Rowan University basketball teams have each played two games respectively. One week ago from today, both Profs teams took on the Ramapo College Roadrunners at home for an afternoon doubleheader as the men's game started things off with a 1 p.m. tip-off versus their 5-15 counterparts. And let's just say they made quick work of them as the Profs claimed victory by a final score of 92-73. Connor Dickerson led the way with 19 points in a team-leading 31 minutes on the afternoon. Dickerson shot 6-9 for from the field and 5 for 7 from 3 point range While Dickerson's performance shines the brightest He was just one of 4 Profs to reach double digits in this one Andrew Seeger, DeAndre Vilmar, and Marcellus Ross took care of business as well, with Seeger dropping 17 points with five blocks, Vilmar with a 16.12 rebound double double in just 19 minutes played, and Ross with a quiet 13 points along with two steals. The Profs plan to take this victory into their final home game of the regular season versus the Montclair State Redhawks, looking to clinch the number two seed in the New Jersey Athletic Conference. The women's basketball team, well, they did the same exact thing as they defeated their roadrunner counterparts by a final score of 70-53 to behind Dakota Adams, 16-point and 10-rebound double-double. Christina Johnson was the only other prof to reach double digits on the night as she posted 12 points. Grace Marshall also posted 9 points along with an eye-popping 5 total steals in just 22 minutes of play. This victory improved the prof's record to 15-8 overall and 12-4 in jack play as they bounced back nicely from their Wednesday night road loss versus NJCU. Finally, taking a look at Wednesday night's games versus Montclair State University. Both profs teams were victorious against Montclair State, with the women's basketball team winning the opening game that tipped off at 530 by a slim margin of six points. Jaslyn Duverglass was honored for her senior night at SB Gymnasium, and the profs won for her by a final score of 75-69. Despite 28 points from Julius Sutton of Montclair State, the profs were able to sneak this one in their favor behind Nicole Mallard, Grace Marshall, Dakota Adams, and Eliana Santana all reaching double digits in this contest. This victory clinched the number two seed for the women's basketball team heading into the NJAC playoffs. With that being said, the men's team also clinched the number two seed in the conference after their 110-102 overtime victory on a night that honored seniors Ariane Zemi and Marco Panovich. Leading the Profs in this one were Andrew Seeger, Marcellus Ross, and Hafiz Melvin, as the group combined for 73 points total, as all three accumulated 20 or more points on the night. Both teams put on quite the performance for the home faithful at Esby to end the regular season. As always, with the Profs heading into the playoffs, you can catch all of their playoff action right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM on your dial or rowanradio.com Channel 1 online. And finally, before I sign off, it's time to take a look at the professional sports world. Starting with the NFL, as I'm sure everyone tuning in already knows, the big game concluded this past Sunday versus the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams were crowned victorious in this one, defeating the Bengals by a final score of 23-20 to take home the NFL championship. Your Super Bowl MVP was named in the form of Cooper Cup, as this award caps off a truly historic season from the Rams wide receiver. Matthew Stafford will also receive his first championship ring, with Odell Beckham Jr. joining right alongside him. And quickly, ending things off with news from around Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has given the Major League Baseball Players Association a deadline, more specifically February 28th, for a CBA agreement to be concluded on if the players would like to start the season as regularly scheduled. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the Rowan University and professional sports worlds right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
6: Hi, I'm Megan Stegler with your Rome Report Business Update. Northwest Natural is giving customers $40 million in credits. They'll appear on bills in January, February, and March. The credits are because of efficient pipeline capacity management and effective use of the company's underground natural gas storage facility. The average residential customer will receive a credit of around $13 a month, and small commercial customers will have around $60 trimmed from their bills. The former CEO of Google is making a big bet on artificial intelligence. Eric Schmidt is investing $125 million into the technology. Schmidt insisted AI will cause us to rethink what it means to be human. He added that a focus must be put on any unintended consequences that may arise from the use of artificial intelligence. New Jersey's American Dream Mall may be having financial trouble. The mega mall that is home to shops, dining, and recreation is reportedly running low on funds. It had to empty accounts to pay bills, leaving only around $800 left in the bank. The venue's indoor ski resort snow is also suffering setbacks. Following its initial pandemic shutdown, it experienced a slope fire. Supply chain issues prompted even more operational delays. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report.
7: And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. This year's Oscars Awards will have three hosts. On Tuesday, Amy Schumer announced on Good Morning America that she, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall are hosting. The Hollywood Reporter says each of the three women will be responsible for an hour of the ceremony. The 94th Oscars Awards are set to take place on March 27th, live from the Dolby Theater in L.A. Bob Saget's family can claim a legal victory. A judge yesterday agreed to temporarily block the comedian's death records. Saget's family filed a lawsuit Tuesday to make sure the Orange County, Florida Sheriff's Office, and the local medical examiner don't release certain records connected to the investigation of his January death. The judge ruled that releasing his records would cause Sagitt's family irreparable harm. Helena Hutchins' family's lawyer says Alec Baldwin is not taking responsibility for the onset shooting that took her life. While on NewsNation's Dan Abrams Live, lawyer Brian Panish said Baldwin is blaming others for the shooting. In October, Hutchins and one other were shot by a gun the Oscar-winning actor was holding on the New Mexico set of Rust. Baldwin has said he does not feel personally guilty for the shooting and claims he did not pull the trigger, nor know the gun had live bullets. This week, Hutchins' family filed a lawsuit against several people, including Baldwin. Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley are no longer getting married. Numerous reports claim the Green Bay Packers star and the Divergent actress broke up. The two were engaged for about a year and together for less than two. A source told People that the split was amicable. They were just too busy with their respective careers. Dr. Dre is giving out behind-the-scenes info on his NFL halftime show performance. In a conversation with TMZ, Dre says the NFL only made minor changes, such as some references to LA gangs and Kendrick Lamar's set. When it comes to Eminem and his taking a knee, Dre says that he decided to do that on his own and the league didn't say anything about it. Folks across the nation got to see performances from Eminem and Dre, along with Snoop Dogg, the queen of R&B hip-hop Mary J. Blige, and hip-hop stars 50 Cent and Kendrick Lamar during Sunday's performance. Kanye West continues his social media tirade against comedian Pete Davidson. The blast started on Instagram with a series of images and captions that have since been deleted. West shared an alleged text message from his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian, who wrote she is concerned that someone will hurt Davidson over the comments West has been making. West refers to Davidson as skeet and took to the platform upon Kardashian's request to urge that no one cause any physical harm to Davidson. Spider-Man is swinging his way past Avatar. Spider-Man No Way Home took in a final $1 million at the box office to give the final push it needed to pass James Cameron's sci-fi epic for third place on the all-time domestic box office list. The superhero flick starring Tom Holland has now grossed $760.9 million since its December release. Fellow Marvel movie Avengers Endgame and Star Wars The Force Awakens are the only movies that have ever earned more money domestically than the latest Spider-Man film. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
3: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.
2: You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.